Welcome to Camden Cast. This is Tanvi. I'm Erin. This is our 7-7 podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 11, Episode 1 of 7th Heaven. The title is Turn, Turn, Turn. The IMDb user synopsis is... The kids, except for Sam and David, have been away for several months. The parents feel awkward, especially stay-at-home dad Kevin. He's an amazing all-around help and thinks of starting a house renovation business with enthusiastic Annie. Lucy is having a hard time after losing their twins, and endlessly patient Kevin always bends over backwards trying to help her, even when she goes too far in public. Martin makes a go at turning his life around to be a father to his son with Sandy, who insists that he should live his own life and let her live hers. Martin calls Sandy a Lucy clone, who still hopes Simon will take her back. Meanwhile, he's jealous of her date, Daniel. What was your first impression of this episode they really 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 should not have brought this show back for another season it is so bare bones in everything there's literally like the cast there's <laughs> bare bones like literally there was not the, Ruthie wasn't even in this episode so you couldn't even like include her the only like person people that were there from the beginning were the rev annie and lucy that is it there's no one else they brought back two characters... Who they wrote out at the end of last season just because they had to fill time. Um, and Jewel. And, yeah, and Jewel. For no reason at all. Um, okay, so... What a shit show. Um, there are two things happening in this episode, and that is it. Uh, but we'll start with the cold open. Um, Ruthie is talking to her mother on the phone uh, because she's receiving roses from a boy in Scotland. I hope it's the waiter. Paul. Um, we also learned, have some ketchup on all the other um, cam kids. Uh, Mary is a teacher. Because, now. yeah. Because. She went to college, and I guess that's what she went to college for. And, she, and w- she might get an opportunity to coach the basketball team at the school where she teaches, because I don't know, the basketball coach is, like, taking a vacation or something. I don't know. Matt. Might- yeah, Matt is really busy raising his sons with his wife, Sarah. Um, no word on what what the hell Simon's doing. Simon is away. Um, Still paying off that ring that he bought for Rose. And, oh yeah, I wonder what happened to that. I also wonder what happened when, with that check that Kevin gave them. Did they ever Ooh. open a joint savings or joint, joint checking account? What about all those gifts? Did they split them? Who knows? Oh my god! So many more interesting. That things would have that, been. I, I would have loved to see what was going on with Rose and Simon's like uncoupling. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, what a waste, wasted opportunity that was. I bet, been. like though, because like I'm sure that like Rose and Umberto and some like got married like, like they eloped like the next day. So maybe Simon was like, "Here, you and Umberto can take all of our gifts." Um, and I think that's the cold open, right? Yes. So. Yeah, there are two primary storylines. The first, like we said, has to do with characters that they wrote out of last season, but they are back now. Uh, And Sandy and Martin are not only together raising their son, they are, like, living together. No, Martin's only visiting for the weekend. Oh, okay. I thought they were living. But remember when, like, Martin wouldn't even, like, look at Sandy or give her the time? Like, Mm -hmm. um, well, now he's, like, apparently crazy in love with her and... He doesn't want her seeing anyone else, and he wants basically this, like, sort of traditional idea or family, 
and wants them to be together because he wants to be around for his son and he thinks that it's right for them to be married. So Yeah. Um so we learn in this episode that off like off screen between season ten and season eleven, Simon and Sandy were getting close, but Martin wasn't liking that, so he kind of chased Simon away. Um, which is I guess their way of keep of explaining why Simon is not on the show anymore. Right. Um, and now that Simon and Sandy can't be together, Sandy is thinking about other people. She is in ministry school to be a minister. She transferred, she transferred colleges right before her senior year. And yeah, she wants to be a minister. And Martin also has a problem with this because he's like, you, well, not, not really until later on Mm -hmm. when, I forget what uh, Sandy accuses, yeah. Well, when he learns that the reason that Sandy slept with him in the first place was to make Simon jealous, he kind of comes up with this theory that Sandy just wants to be a minister because it'll make her a Camden, and the closer she is to being a Camden, the more Simon will... Like, like her. her. Which is really weird, actually. Yeah, that that connotation is hella strange. Yeah. The only incest in that family is between Matt and Mary. Simon was never included in that. So, um, and I'm, of course, talking about that first season kiss that we were reminded of yeah. in the season finale. Um, or not kiss, I guess they didn't actually kiss. It was just... It was, it was so close. Scene. Yes. The tension was there. <laughs> um, so that's, like... So Martin's like, you're doing everything you're doing to be appeal like uh, like appealing and attractive to Simon, like. But what do you really want? Um, because at some point Martin's like, I'm going to quit baseball to come to ministry school to be with you to show you how dedicated I am to us being a family. And this whole thing between them is about like going like ha- having a life that they all they both want like separately. Um, I think Martin has this, like, sense of duty now that he did not have last season. (laughs) So he's like, no, we need to be together. Whereas Sandy's like, I'm a whole new me now, and I want to be that me, and that me wants to be a minister and wants to date a dude named Daniel. Who wears a sweater vest. Um, They also rewrite history because Martin confronts Sandy and he's like you only slept with me because you wanted to make Simon jealous and Sandy's like excuse you I heard that you just wanted to sleep with me because it was your first time and you just wanted to get it over with and I was like that is so out of character and wrong for Martin because he had those previous debates with Simon about like having sex before you're married is wrong and like Simon seemed really sort of steadfast in those beliefs but apparently I don't know, he, uh, whatever, who knows? Well, they're obviously rewriting all of history, because remember, in the last season, at the end of last season, we were led to believe that maybe the baby was Simon's, or at least something was happening with Simon Right, and Simon. right, and now they're just getting rid of that. And now the baby's definitely Martin's, apparently. Yeah. Um, so that's really what's happening, so I guess this is like the, be- like the, this is the beginning of, I'm assuming, what's going to be a season-long arc or something. <laughs> about Martin and Sandy and them kind of, like, getting to know each other and forming some kind of friendship, co-parenting thing, and eventual relationship, maybe? I mean, I don't want it to happen, That's where you're wrong. Oh, okay. Well, don't tell me. Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you exactly... No, it's Mm. fine. Um, So, yeah, I don't like it. It's just out of character, and we thought we had seen the last of these people. It's really scraping the bottom of the barrel in terms of content. I would rather than honestly 
will not do the season at all, but also just like focus on maybe just do issue episodes episodes ever like just go back to the <laughs> normal formula. The formula, yeah. Like and introduce people for a hot well, the, second. Yeah, the thing it. is, you need like the, the 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 formula came out of like the cam kids. Well, you have Ruthie. Inter- Let her come back to yeah. high school and have her meet like troubled kids every single week. Every single day. <laughs> like that, uh, that would be her thing. Um, the other storyline revolves around the Cam fam and what actually could have been a very compelling story, but really was a dud, in my opinion. And this is probably uh, controversial to say, but I really think it could have been done a lot better. So we're going to not beat around the bush at all. Um, Lucy had a miscarriage. Which, not really a fun fact, but I just found out today that in real life, Beverly Mitchell, just this past year... Um, had become pregnant with twins and also had a miscarriage of those twins. So um, it's kind of like eerie or like creepy in my opinion. Yeah, it's no, like definitely. Very much like life imitating art. It's um, very, very strange. But um, but yeah, so um, Lucy had the, had a miscarriage. I don't think they actually ever come at right out and s- no, use those don't. words. No, they don't. Um, but We're supposed to like... We we kind of forget this when we come back from the cold open. The Rev and Annie are having this like romantic dinner, and they're like feeding each other and drinking wine. And then it kind of zooms out, and we see that Kevin is also at the dinner table with them, um, which is a little out of the ordinary. And there's kind of this general like malaise around the interaction, and I think that they start talking about something with Lucy. And we get the idea that, like, something has happened. It's been a bad summer for Lucy, um, and and this has kind of pushed Kevin to spend a lot more time with Annie and helping Annie build the home for teen single moms um, and got him into construction and got him into, like, building and stuff. And so that's when him and Annie kind of come up with this idea about house flipping together. Um, and this is when we go back to Lucy. Uh, now we have several instances in the episode of Lucy being, well, I guess like back to the Lucy that we really, really disliked. Right. Um, so obviously there is a reason behind that because of the miscarriage, but the way that, um, it's portrayed, the connections that are made between her behavior and the miscarriage, I, I feel like they're a bit exaggerated and they don't con- they don't connect at all so f- for example sandy calls lucy and asks for help or not help but just like you know calling a friend and telling like venting to them about what about their situation sandy's venting about Ma- martin and lucy's like stop trying to be me <laughs> like that's her whole and thing and then she's like she also is like well, if you want to be a minister and you think you're going to solve other people's problems, you need to figure out how to solve your own problems. Like, which is just kind of bitchy because sometimes, like, no, even if it's your job to help other people, like, it's good to have like outside perspective. <laughs> yeah, um, and also Lucy, it's not like Lucy has been able, like, is able to help herself, like even right. now. Yeah, uh, it's like she's obviously having some sort of like some coping issues, yeah. and that's. Um, and then she finds out about the house flipping idea, and she accuses Kevin of wanting to be him, of wanting to be her. And she's like, "Why does everybody want to be me when I don't even want to be me?" And there's this like th- thing going on here. I guess the connection is like she doesn't want to be her because she's the one that had the miscarriage. But yeah. like, there's her coping mechanism seems to be lashing out at everyone. There's a lot of like 
I want to say, like, emotional ping pong going on. Because she's, like, really angry at one moment. She's crying at the next moment. She's, like, pissed off again at another moment. Then she's, like, resigned at another moment. And I... I, maybe it's because we already have such a hard time connecting to Lucy and we already really dislike her, but it was really hard to be sympathetic to her. Well, so immediately after the scene where she tells Kevin, like, stop trying to be me, Kevin goes back to the Cameron's house and Lucy comes over pretty much right after him. And she's like, hey, Kevin, can you take Savannah and go away with my mom? Because I want to have a private conversation with the Rev. So... Uh, Annie and Kevin and Savannah leave and Lucy sits down with the Rev and she's like, hey, I want to give tomorrow's sermon. The Rev is like, well, you really don't have to because tomorrow is very soon and I don't think you've really thought this through and I have a sermon ready so maybe if you want to do next week's sermon that'll be fine, but like, I think you should think about it more. Um... And Lucy just keeps coming back and, like, kind of shooting everything down and telling the Rev, like, no, this is, like, my life. I've been, it's been months but since I've given a sermon, four months since she's been behind the pulpit. And she's like, I'm ready now. And if I don't tell, like, I guess my story the way that I need to now... I don't know. Like no, that's, yeah, other that's people, exactly. other people, other people are like controlling the narrative, and I just want to set the record straight on what's going on with me. She also wants to use this as like a, an actual like ending point for everything that's happened to her, and that's so that she can move on. And the Rev's kind of like maybe don't do this so publicly, and she's like, no, I need to do it publicly. So she gets up and she starts her sermon. It starts out very much about how. Like, the community has been there for her, and her family has been there for her while she's going through these growing pains of being um, an associate minister. And then it talks about how when good things happen, everybody wants to take credit, but when bad things happen, nobody wants to take the blame. So this is obviously about the, the sad, bad thing that happened to her this summer, which is the miscarriage, which, again, is not named explicitly. And she goes, well, God is not bl- to blame for this, uh, because people usually blame God when bad things happen. I'll tell you exactly who's to blame for this. And she goes and she blames her husband and she blames her parents. And she blames like Matt and Sarah and Mary and Car- like and Ruthie and, and Ruthie, Carlo. yeah. And she doesn't blame the actual twins. Yes. Um, which is who I would blame. <laughs> um while she's doing this, so like when she's blaming her husband, she says, uh, I wasn't ready to have another kid, but Kevin really wanted one. And how am I supposed to say no to Kevin? He's like a sweet, loving, smart husband. And look at him. He's so hot. And then she asks random women in the audience <laughs> to agree with her and basically confirm that Kevin is hot. And like you'd sleep with him, wouldn't you? And you have like these like shots of random women like looking at Kevin. And also this is the back of Kevin's head and just being like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And like. It's why, 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 yeah, why, um, like, why do that? Like, okay. Why do that anywhere? Because it's season 11, but also there why are do no that, rules. Why do it in the church? And then she blames her parents for making it e- like look easy, like making twins look easy. Um, and then obviously she blames all her siblings for being able to have twins successfully. And then she like bl- blames Simon for going off and trying to have twins now. And Ruthie's probably going to have twins in Scotland or so, like all these like crazy things. Um, and then she kind of walks off the pulpit and she's like, well, you knew this was going to happen. Right. And like, she basically yells at the Rev for having, like, for having the conversation that he had with her the day before. 
And she's uh, like, why did you let this happen? And he was like, well, well I told you not to do yeah, this. Like he told her not to. And she was so insistent. Um, we immediately, this is immediately followed by a conversation between, um, Lucy and Kevin. So everybody, I think the whole point of this is that everybody's walking around eggshells with Lucy and they're kind of like just agreeing with anything she says. And she doesn't like that. Like, she doesn't like that. Nobody is really like telling her that she's being insane. And uh, like, you know, Kevin's one of those people, like she, he'll basically do whatever she wants him to do. And she's like, he's like, I really just need to know if you actually do blame me or if you blame yourself. And that's really the crux of it. She's blaming herself for not being strong enough, for not going to the hospital sooner, for having the baby too soon after Savannah was born, or like trying to have the baby too soon after Savannah was born, which I don't think that's the case. They waited like a bit. Yeah, I think the bit, Savannah looks pretty big at this point, so I, I don't think... I, I mean, maybe she wasn't totally on board, like she wasn't ready, and she means in, in that sense that it was too soon, but whatever. But also... To go along with this, we haven't touched on this, like, stupid side plot of Lucy and Kevin's, which is one thing that's really bothering Lucy is that their neighbor keeps playing loud music at night, and Lucy keeps telling Kevin, like, you need to go over there and tell them to turn it off. So this happens, like, a few days, and Kevin never goes and says anything. So then, after Lucy sort of, I guess, is calmed down after the sermon and, you know, gets to sort of decompress from... I guess, like, what she perceives as embarrassing herself and stuff, that she's in bed with Kevin and Savannah, and she's like, oh, they haven't played the music tonight. Um, I kind of miss it. So Kevin, being the doting and passive and does everything Lucy wants husband that he is, goes next door and knocks on the door, and who is it but Jewel? And Jewel introduces herself as Jewel. Jewel. So Jewel is apparently... Airbnb. No, she's not. She's staying, she's staying in Glen Oak with a friend because she's recording her newest album in LA. So apparently, Glen Oak is reachable by LA via. But Jewel has no place else to stay but Glen Oak. Like not a hotel or like maybe somewhere in LA. Yeah, I don't know. Well. And that she's practicing her songs in this house next door to the Kinkirks. And so the ending montage of the show is Jewel's song about being all right. I don't actually know it. It's like everything's going to be all right is what they basically keep saying. So the moral of the story is that, well, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> but it isn't because the season already looks awful. And it kind of ends with Sandy and Martin kind of making promises of like getting to know each other and seeing what happens next between them. Which I am so opposed to. Same. And Lucy, it seems like... Lucy's taking the next step in her healing process. I, I really wish that they'd focused a little bit more on, like, Lucy's actual trauma and stuff versus, like, kind of making it this, like, thing that we're, they're not, they're not going to name and, like, giving her these weird, like, coping mechanisms and stuff. I don't know. I feel like this could have been done a lot better right. and a lot more, like... If they really wanted to do something different with season 11 and really, like, go there, they could have gone there. And I definitely thought when she said she, when she sat down and wanted to have the conversation with the Rev, I thought that was going to be where they, like, actually spoke about it and, like, named it. But It was, yeah, I think it was really bad that they didn't actually name it. And I feel like the only reason I knew that that's what it was was obviously because I have you sitting next to me. And, I mean, the... Um I, the, uh, Seventh Heaven, what am I, the Amazon Prime 
description says, like, Lucy copes with a devastating loss. So, obviously, everybody else had their babies, and now, like, Lucy is appearing on the show, not pregnant, without babies. So, and like it's obviously something a, happened. Right, the logic... I still think it could... I think it's very, like, I think it would have given it a lot more strength to name it, you know? I don't know. Because um, it makes it... I don't know, why can't you say miscarriage? Yeah, or maybe... Yeah, it's it's not. It's just another one of those things that Seventh Heaven like tries to tackle an issue, and then they like kind of Watch minimize it, it by okay. refusing to even name the thing that the entire episode is about. Yeah, I think it, I think it's kind of empowering to like have Lucy be like, I had a mis like it, I think it would have been very empowering in her sermon for one her she's like I had a very bad thing happen to me this summer for her to then be like I had a miscarriage or. I lost my children, you know, like whatever, right. Whatever way she wanted to phrase it, it would have been a lot more empowering than her being like, I guess it was a sad thing. And then going off on whatever she went off on. So yeah, um, not a strong start to the season of what I'm assuming is going to be a very bad season. Um, I'm going to give this a one. I'm giving it a two because of Jewel. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because of Jewel's incredible cameo. If you guys don't know who Jewel is, she is a musical artist who is not relevant anymore. I don't think she was even relevant when this was on. She was definitely relevant in 2001. Yeah. Um, so if you want to see Jewel, if you don't know who that is, um, or if you want to get a TBT to what Jewel used to look like back in whatever, what year is this? 2006. Um, then check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at CamdenCastShow. We're at Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Um, and we upload episodes every Wednesday and Saturday on Stitcher, on the iTunes Apple Podcast app, and on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast. This is Tanby. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. No greater feeling than the love of-